Mike, I was surprised to read at the top of your note today that you hate Bitcoin and anybody who disagrees should find you on Twitter at Impervis3. No, I'm just kidding, Mike. <laughs> I'm joking completely. In fact, you go out of your way to say that this is not a fundamental long-term view on Bitcoin, but you do believe it's still stuck in a bearish trend. Is that right? Yeah, look, I mean, I wrote that note just before that big uh, surge up to the, you know, 40 plus level we got the other day. Um, uh, there, you know, the down, what I was highlighting in my note from last week was the downtrend uh, established over the last several weeks. The bulls really needed that downtrend to break. And again, Oliver, I want to just clarify my views on Bitcoin here are entirely just looking at charts and I'm not espousing a bullish or bearish. Just technical. On, on any of the fundamentals purely technicals um, okay. um, here. But look, the um, that, you know, that that reversal of the downtrend was important for the bulls um, there. But what's also significant here is, is that it did seem to kind of crisply bounce um, off the off the the high the other day, which, by the way, was sort of the high from the Jan the the, uh, the sort of surge in January as well. That call it the 42,000 level. That's a big level. And I think what the bulls really want to see is another assault on that and ultimately through it to really kind of reverse a lot of the the, the uh, damage, the technical damage that the charts had developed over the last few months um, there. So look, I think, you know, the, the what is constructive for the Bitcoin situation right now is that, like, you know, we've been sort of in this 30,000 to 42,000 range, you know, um, gun in my head, I'd probably expect it to be in that range for a bit, um, a bit longer. I think the, that piercing on a decisive basis of 42,000, um, there is going to take some, some some real work. That may well happen, but from a near-term trading point of view, I think you, you need to be very respectful of those resistance levels. And uh, mm. at the same time, you know, be, be respectful of the support at the 30,000 level. So if we do get back to 30,000, you know, you may want to increase exposure there, Ad. Um, if you get to 42,000, you may want to lighten up. So, Mike, uh, at this juncture that it's stalling out a little bit, pausing and it's bounce, you're at 42. Uh, it, it is really acknowledging that resistance. As I was talking at the top of the show, I'm almost kind of surprised at how well it's worked looking at that level. But Bitcoin has been pretty good, uh, as good as anything, frankly, in terms of, uh, of trying to use just a technical approach. Is that stall out here enough to try and play a move down to 30? Do you want to go about actually trying to short in the uh, short term? Well, one thing about that, you know, like that recent bounce off that off that resistance level is that that also coincided with an RSI, a relative strength indicator, getting into overbought territory, which is mm. also sort of one of those classic sort of warning signals um, that you would you would look at there. So I think you have to you know take that bounce a little bit in context. I think the next couple of days are going to be very important because if you do see people coming in to buy this dip right here and really push up to 42, that's going to increase the probability of piercing 42 um, there. But look, if we, I, I think from a practical trading point of view and a risk management point of view, if you get that pushed up 40, you know, 41, 42, you probably lighten up something. Um, I'm not convinced you want to put on a big bearish trade right here. Um, I think you want to sort of sit back and look at look look at the charts here. This is you, you know this has all the it, it, this is a variation of what happened after that big surge in 2017, where you kind of went for several quarters of kind of a bottoming process that was um, sort of 
you know, a pretty wide range um, there, and you could kind of surf the range up and down um, there, but you had to do it very, very carefully here. And I think, you know, you talked about um, technicals being as good as any. Like, I think, you know, you and I can get into a debate on Apple stock um, or treasury bonds, or for example, and there's a much more developed sort of fundamental framework for analyzing those securities. Bitcoin is a different asset. And I think because the um, fundamental analysis is, is is a little bit more, um, I, I guess, kind of binary and a little bit more abstract, I think the role of technicals almost is more prominent um, here when you're analyzing um, uh, this asset class. So. I, I think the, the um, yeah, so my call really is, is probably sort of range bound with a, with a, with, you know, with sort of a bearish overall drift to it, but that doesn't mean that the bulls can't be vindicated here and, mm. and, and all that. It just seems that like right now, the bears have a slight edge here. Now, but again, my, it, within that trading range of sort of 30 to 42. Mike, the 2017 comparison, uh, in your note, you look at MACD's uh, uh, a weekly uh, one that we just had up. If we pull that up again, what do you see here? What's similar? What's the most striking similarity between now and the aftermath of, of that sell-off? You know, as we're all sort of, you know, weaving in, you know, between those trends here, you know, what you see there, that chart you have there is, the, is a weekly back uh, D back from 2017. Is that what I'm looking at? Yeah. So, yes. so that is, um, yeah. What what you see is those are those two lines when they go below the zero line. That that usually is a an indication of some momentum. Um, uh, you know, really shifting towards the bears. If those recover and and, uh, and and pivot back up higher again, that's the, that's a sign that, the bull, that that there is upward momentum here and that the uh, shorter term moving averages are kind of, you know, paving a path higher there. But again, um, uh, those those are signals to to watch, but you got to look, look at them in the context of other technical signals too, RSIs and Bollinger Bands and moving averages and all that kind of stuff. Okay, uh, Mike, uh, so as far as an approach for uh, trading this, uh, you, as you mentioned, you may not want to go gung-ho shorting it here. I mean, what if there's a breakout? Is it that you would rather be long this at 30 than short at 42? I think right now, that, that's a good way to put it, Oliver. Yeah, I, I look, if we if we wake up and it's at 30,000 tomorrow, um, there again, you know, it depends on how you get there um, and, and maybe why, either, you know, if there's some news uh, related to that move or or whether it's just sort of momentum there. But yeah, if, if, if we kind of cruise into a range over the next few weeks and it ends up at 30,000, 30, you know, that's a support level that's been kind of tested in the past. Mm -hmm. and, and again, after 2017, there were similar support levels at much lower levels there, but, but uh, um, that were kind of respected, and and you can you can you, you know you could I call it surfing, you know you, you you know you can surf that higher there, but you have to be very cognizant of of if you put on a bullish position at thirty thousand and the stuff is going against you, um, that if you really decisively crack that level, it's going to be sort painful. Of an air pocket down to twenty, so you may want to think about risk management as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would say it's a little bit more obvious to get bullish at thirty than to be massively short at forty-two here, just given that this recent pivot and that breaking of that downtrend uh, through June and July was a big move. Yeah. Um, you know, it caught me off guard, frankly, um, a little bit. I was sort of saying that is pro you know, that would be a great thing for the bulls, um, and uh, uh, but it but it. 
but uh, and I wasn't really expecting it, but it, it, it has happened. Um, you know, and, and now I think the, the the question is 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 that party over, and or is there enough upward buying pressure to push this really through 42? And if it, there is, that could get a big party started there. Okay, so if the breaks- risk management you need, like when you're surfing up or down, you, get, you risk management's important. I like the uh, real uh, adherence and respect, as you put it, to these levels, right? Where if it breaks these levels, then it uh, augurs big moves. If it breaks 42, it likely augurs a big move higher. And even if you do want to dabble at 30, be wary, because if it doesn't take, then you've got a potential major break there down to 20. Mike, before we say we goodbye, we got about 60 seconds. You, We got to talk stocks real quick because you pushed your target up for the S&P 500 to 4,800. That's a pretty bullish note, Mike. Tell us why as we open up this market here today with some green on the board. Sure, so I've just sort of, you know, I was at 42.50 for year end on the S&P 500. I took that up to 4,800. I'm looking, trying to sort of, you know, paint a backdrop for what the, what the future looks like at the end of this year. And if we were to get at 4,800, what are we looking at? And I think what we're looking at is high single digit earnings growth in, you know, throughout from 21 into 22, um, off a backdrop of, of very strong nominal GDP. Obviously, peak earnings growth is basically in, right? I mean, I don't, you know, but I don't look at that fact that the peak growth is in as, as a reason to get out of the market at all. And I don't think there's any history, uh, statistical history that would support that, or not not any compelling history anyway. Okay. So I look at, you know, what where are we looking at? We're looking to look at, at, at um, uh, I think a robust and another strong year of earnings growth won't be as strong, but it'll be still very good. Um, I think you're looking at you know big tech is quietly going to be grinding out the earnings, and it's mm. you know is or isn't the flavor of the day depending on you know where bond yields seem to be there. Um, but it is an important you know it's 40 percent of the index, and that's an important um, sort of secular growing theme that's still very much intact. Um, you've got some international exposure within the S&P 500, nearly half of the revenues are, are, are overseas. Um, and you're gonna have bond yields. You know, I've been, you know, in this weird condition where I'm sort of bullish to equities, but I'm also bullish or at least non-bearish of treasuries here. I, right. you know, I had that lower rate call you and I discussed um, there. And I, I, that's going to keep the equity risk premium at I think very healthy levels, um, meaning, you know, the nominal earnings yield less the 10-year treasury rate is going to be, you know, north of 3% at 4,800 in most realistic scenarios here. Okay. Um, so I'm not looking at this recent bond bid as an indication that er earnings growth in 21 and 22 and even 23 is going to be, you know, uh, problematic. I'm looking okay. at it much more as a reflection of Fed policy and the 10-year Treasury note is something that 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 needs to be valued in a different way hmm. than um, uh, than. It's a bullish know, cocktail Walmart for stocks. Forty-eight. I'm sorry. Bullish cocktail for stocks. Uh, Treasury's low. Okay for the equities and uh, big tech still playing a role.